0: right, fact check this podcast, and I have been debating how to do this episode for the for the past few days, and I was considering talking about the filibuster and kind of going into a a deep dive on that and and I might end up doing that next week or something, but with kind of briefly mentioning um my spiritual journey on the last episode i decided to use this as an opportunity to elaborate on
1: the early part of what kind of put me on that journey um because it was
0: It did largely stem out of a a nasty divorce and a lot of other stuff that kind of came with that. And a benefit of having a show with maybe a couple dozen listeners is that I can kind of tell my story without worrying about a lot of people hearing it, I guess. But it's it's an important piece of who I am today and, and why I am who I am today. So I I wanted to tell it a little bit. And for the, the handful of people that listen and, and hear this, uh, you get some insight into what got me to this point in life. And that's also why at 9 o'clock in the morning, I have a stiff drink because I'm going to tell this story. And, Need to be uh, loosened up a little bit. So, God, where to start? I guess we'll start at the end and then work our way back to the beginning, maybe. Uh, in 2015, I got divorced. And
1: it was ugly. It was uh, extremely mentally and physically... damning for me at that point in my life and
0: I should preface it with it was a bad marriage and it was always a bad marriage and it was a bad marriage before we even got married um she her family didn't particularly like me early on which was fine Looking back at who I was at that point in my life, my my early twenties, uh, I don't particularly like me. I, he wasn't a very good dude. But, you know, that's who he was. That's who I was. Um, but it was it was uh, a lot of fighting and and bullshit and mostly a lot of her cheating on me repeatedly and i was a hard-headed dumbass kid that thought i could just make anything work and so that's what the that, that, that was the way i approached it was she was my girlfriend and i was gonna make it work and i mean in my in my age and experience i, I never would have
1: allowed her to go that far but at that time, that's who I was. And so we got married. And it was bad. It was bad. God, it was bad. And and then, to make it worse, uh, I got her pregnant.
0: And so then we had a kid. So then it was bad with a kid. And it wasn't always bad. I mean...
1: Like anything, there
0: they're they're always, you know, there are always fond memories that you have from time to time. Like you can act like anything it was a just the worst experience ever. But I stuck
1: around for eight years. So it wasn't always terrible. But it definitely wasn't good. Um, and so at that same time i was
0: young and ambitious and i had a good job and i saw opportunity in the job to move up and make more, make more money and gain power for myself and you know be important and have a name and all that bullshit all that bullshit so I did it. I fucking did it. Every time an opportunity came up to move up the ladder or to go do something, like I spent spent a month and a half in Louisiana, living out of hotels, working uh, working a crew for uh, like this seasonal job that was. Everybody told me that if you do well with this, it puts you in a position to call your shots going forward. So, well, will fucking k, okay, like I'll go do that. Never mind that my wife is eight months pregnant. Uh, like, I'll go do that because that that puts me in a position to to make more money and to to make a name for myself. You know, so that's where I was at that time too. Like mean, I was very career oriented and career driven, and so that definitely did not go real far to help a already bad marriage. And every time an opportunity came up to move, we would uproot and
1: move all over the place. Which also never helped. And so after years of a terrible marriage where she had cheated on me for a lot of the first part of it. And then I cheated through a lot of the middle of it. And then she upped the ante and
0: really, really started cheating towards the end of it.
1: And then in and all the moving and, and everything, I had started to calm down and I started to settle down and I started to look to be more stable personally because I had moved a lot, changed jobs a lot not not necessarily
0: changed jobs a lot but I, I changed companies a lot like i stay I would stay in the same in the same business that I was in, but I would change companies and it was very destabilizing and honestly, it was because my kids were starting school that I realized like kids change your perspective on everything eventually, even if not at first, because you know at first I was still I was young and fucking stupid and So I was still very pursuant toward the things that I wanted. But as the kids started to get school-aged, I realized that they needed more stability than what me chasing
1: the next raise and promotion was going to bring. So I started to think about that kind of stuff anyway and i guess kind of some background into my my faith and spirituality
0: and and that kind of stuff because that is sort of what i was getting to with this whole uh with this whole episode was i always had a very deep belief in in god and the bible and went to church and all of that. I, I mean, I taught a Sunday school class for a while and uh, did Bible studies and stuff like that. Like I, I was a very
1: religious person, I guess you would say. Devout Christian, at, at least. Um, but my approach to my faith was
0: I'm very much an independent individual. And where my life is concerned, I'll take care of me. God doesn't, you know, I don't need to ask God for stuff. I don't need to spend a lot of time praying about stuff. You know, I'll pray for the generic shit that people pray for. But like, I'm not praying for me. I'm not praying for my family. Like, I'm going to take care of that. That's my job. And that was the way I approached a lot of that. So towards the end of this marriage
1: we reach a point where i can't fix it like nothing that i do nothing that i've changed nothing is working i can't fix it and the divide just keeps growing and so i i finally break down and i ask
0: like God. I've you know, I never ask for anything, but I can't fix this. I need you to step in and make this right, make this work, like fix
1: it so that we can get life on track. And it didn't happen. It went the complete opposite direction. And it culminated in me catching my then wife in the act of cheating on me,
0: which I I had caught her not in the actual act before, but I had always known when it was happening, when when it had happened.
1: This time, I I caught her in the act. And I already knew. I already knew that I was going to catch her. That was the whole reason I came. It It was to do that. I already had the divorce paperwork drawn up. I just had to go turn it in. And so I did. I did. I turned it all in. And even though at that point I knew that two or three months later I was going to be moving from
0: Pennsylvania back to Indiana. In a fit of ignorant rage, I went to what had been our house and cleaned off my bookshelves and cleaned out my office and took all the stuff that I had that was still at what had been our house and took it back with me to where I was staying at the time in Pennsylvania for, for my job. Complete, you know, not, no logic or, or good sense to that. Like, why would you pack up a hundred pounds of, of books and carry them 13 hours across the country to two and a half months later pack them back up and bring them back but that was where my mind was i needed my shit to be out of that that house i didn't want any of my stuff to be there with her anymore
1: and i was mad i was mad mad and on that drive back I went through a lot of that anger and that dis- disappointment, and and I kind of I kind of had it out with, for
0: lack of a better way of putting it, I had it out with God in the truck on a fucking thirteen hour drive, and I basically said. The one time in my life that I ask for anything, the one fucking time that I need help, that I actually reach out and say, I cannot do this, please. Here I am. You not only let me down, you push it in the opposite direction. So on this 13 hour drive of me just going through being fucking pissed off, I basically said, you know, I'm done. I'm done with this. I don't want this God shit anymore. Like I will never put myself in a position where
1: I rely on him in my time of need. I have been an independent self-made person and I will be even more so from now on. I won't put myself in this position again. And that was kind of where I left it.
0: It wasn't like I became an atheist or some dumb shit. Like I I still believed everything that I had always believed. I just decided that I was done with it. I didn't want it anymore. And so I get back to my apartment and carry all my stuff in these boxes into the apartment. I don't know. week. Week and a half later, I think it was, uh, because I'm kind of OCD. I have these boxes of stuff sitting in my apartment. And so I start taking them out. And I start putting the books on the bookshelves. Even though I know in two months I've got to pack it all back up to leave. I have to get it out of the bookshelves. Or out out of the boxes and get it on the bookshelves. So... So I pack I unpack it all and I start putting it
1: up. And I know I've got it on one of these shelves actually. I pull this book out. It's Sacred Marriage
0: by Gary Thomas. <laughs> and I, and I, I look at the book and I just I just laugh. I'm like, well, (laughs) I don't need this shit anymore. And I just stick it on the shelf with all the other books. And then after I had unpacked everything, I went and I, I sat on the couch and played video games
1: and went through my normal routine like any other night. Except that that fucking book was on the shelf. And it felt like, it felt like it was burning a hole through my forehead. It felt like no matter where I walked in the room, I could feel that book bearing down on me. And I had just filed for divorce. And I wasn't doing this shit anymore. And I didn't fucking want it. So I went and I grabbed that fucking book off that shelf. And I said, this is not for me. I don't fucking need this anymore. And I threw it across the room. And it slid underneath the coffee table. Also underneath that coffee table.
0: Was my bag that I
1: kept my work, top, work laptop in. And so the next morning, I get to work. And I pull my laptop out. And that fucking book falls out on my desk. And I I picked it up. And I'm glad, I'm glad that nobody ever came to my office. I picked it up off the desk and I said, fine. If this is what you want, I'll read it. I'll read it. And when I'm done with it, and it has nothing to do with me anymore,
0: it goes in the trash,
1: along with you and all of this bullshit, and I move on with life actually, I don't even think i I don't even think I was committed enough to read the whole thing. It was I think I said two chapters in when this has nothing to do with me and my life anymore. it goes in the trash. I'm almost positive. Because chapter two fucking broke me. Chapter two of that book I put on display for me to see my whole life in front of me and the horrible
0: miserable piece of shit that I had been from
1: my late teens up to, up to that point in my life. It brought me to look at all the ways that I had used and
0: manipulated and mistreated people for my whole life, both in my personal life and in my professional career. Everyone was a means to an end a stepping stone to what i wanted to what i needed to what was going to get me to that next step of fulfillment to to make more money to get that next promotion to fuck that hot chick to do whatever the fuck it was that was going to make me happy in that instance um identifying people's weaknesses and preying on those to to use them to get what i needed out of them to To do what I wanted to do. To do what I needed to do. To fulfill me. And it just laid me bare. All those horrible fucking things that I knew but I didn't want to look at. Like the
1: the things about my life that somewhere deep down I hated about myself but it was just who I was, you know? I wasn't going to do anything about it. But there it was. And I finished the book sitting at my desk that day, three, 300 and something pages. And um, Nobody walked in my office. My phone never rang. I just sat there and read and cried <laughs> and it really it really brought me to my knees in a way that i never expected or
0: had even thought about in you know my religious walk and my faith and and my spiritual journey, or anything like that, like no, never in my life had I ever considered
1: being truly, sincerely broken like that. And then it happened, and over the next two or three days, I called my
0: soon-to-be ex-in-laws, and I I told them everything that I did wrong. Every way that I had fucked up this marriage, every way that I was a just
1: a miserable, horrible piece of shit person. And I I was embraced by, by that family. To the extent that I would argue to this day my nieces and nephews
0: because they're still my nieces and nephews. I, I may not be married to their aunt anymore, but I'm still their uncle, and I always will be. <laughs> they they love me more than they do her, by a long shot. They, they don't even remotely like her, but I am still their favorite
1: uncle. And I always will be. And even though uh, they're not my
0: brothers and sisters-in-law anymore. They're still my family.
1: And even though they're not my mother and father-in-law anymore, they're still like parents to me. And I know I can talk to them, and I know I have a connection with them. But I had to be broken, like really, really broken for that to happen. And that's an interesting point to reach in life.
0: So from that point on, the divorce happened, and I tried to be tried to be amenable and, and be a good person, and be a good ex. And I, I think I am a good ex. Like I'm, I still try. To, I'm, I think I'm an excellent father to my children, and all of that. And I'm, I strive to be a really excellent
1: husband. To my wife now and I learned a lot from that book even though at the time
0: even though getting divorced like I, I had no intention of ever remarrying that wasn't in the cards for me I didn't I didn't have any plans of that so when my wife came into my life and we got to know each other I, I knew immediately that that she was the one that you know that book and everything that I'd been journeying through and learning and growing and feeling about myself and and figuring out and fixing and working on like that that was all setting me up
1: for this next part of my life. But I really came to grips with a lot of deep, dark, horrible shit about myself.
0: Learned how to work my way through all of that. And a lot of that was through daily Bible studies and scripture readings and different podcasts and stuff like that about spirituality and leadership
1: and growth and development and stuff like that. Which is what kind of led me on a path to start looking at other stuff
0: not because christianity wasn't doing it for me but as i became as i kind of grew and matured in my own faith and my own beliefs and my own spirituality and i started to really look at the scripture and i started to really look at the history of the gospels and and of the old Testament and the Bible and why it was written and when it was written and who wrote it and what, you know, what the context of all these different characters. And like, when I really, really started to look at it, I wanted to know more. And the more I knew, the more I wanted to know. And then as I started to know more and understand more and, and get the context and the history and the places and the demographics and the you know what was going on and why it was going on and, and what these things were talking about in particular and and then I like I wanted to know more about other other ideas, because obviously these are all well fleshed out, and there are you know dozens of religions out there. Why did they believe what they believe? What's the basis for theirs? Where do those come from? So I read the Quran and I read the Dhammapada, and I got a lot out of those. And I, I also had a lot of questions with those. But the more I dig in and read and look at the Bible, I also have questions with that. So like that's those are good things. Any anybody who claims to be spiritual or have faith that also doesn't think you're allowed to question or have concerns or doubts about things. That's disingenuous. I and mean, that's a fake, that's a fake faith. They have a pretend faith that they've painted on to make you think that they are holy or some bullshit, but you should have questions. You should have doubts. You should, you you should look at things and, and think critically about things and wonder about them. And, that, and that's kind of what got me into Watts and stuff like that, because I, I really do enjoy the the ideas of of taoism and the way the
1: universe is all kind of knit together. And all of these things they bring me closer to god in my own faith. They they fill in gaps. And they smooth out
0: rough surfaces and they make me more well rounded and
1: whole as an individual, as a Christian. So, anybody who's going on a spiritual journey, I hope. That it didn't require you to be completely just broken and have some traumatic event in your life. But even if it didn't, that doesn't make any less of a journey. And as you look
0: at these things and as you think about them, ask questions. It's okay to ask questions. I had a men's group that met here at the house every other every other Friday. We We would... That we, uh, we called it Dinner and a Devotion, and I need to kick it back up. The guys, we would talk, and we would bring food. And we would meet here in the kitchen, and we would cook. And after we got done cooking, we would eat. Like, we cooked together. We made our meal. And then we all sat down and we ate
1: our meal together that we had cooked. And then after we got done eating, we would do a Bible study. And we always got into lofty ideas and
0: looking at the context and the history of what we were looking at. And we always talked about real-world application of the lesson that was being taught in that scripture. And, and. It was never just a generic
1: Bible study. It was always good conversation about life and spiritual journeys. And you need those people that you can bounce questions off of and thoughts off of and ideas
0: off of to grow and learn
1: about yourself and about the universe and about God, whatever God is. I don't know what God is. And I don't know that it matters. I have plenty of different theories and ideas and most of You know, they're not necessarily
0: deeply rooted ideas or or beliefs.
1: But I like to explore different things in my faith. (laughs) And none of that makes me less of a Christian, even though some might argue that it does. My indiscretions in my younger days don't make me a bad person. At least not anymore. Even though some might say it does. I think the thing I've learned the most is the world is very rarely black and white. Mostly shades of gray. You may lean a little to the darker side. We're a little to the lighter side, but we're all intertwined in this big dance together, and we need each other.
0: No matter how much you think you are, that independent
1: individual who can do it all on his own, you still need other people. You still need faith in something. And if you decide you don't want that something. It may literally throw a book at you. (laughs) And if it does read it. And take it all in. And then read a few more. That you might not have been comfortable with. And see what you can find in those two. This wasn't a fun episode. Maybe it was. Who knows? Next week, I'll probably talk about the filibuster.
0: Oh, no. Monday. Wow. Monday will be a fun episode, because that'll be me and Mark Metz are going to do our review of the new Dune movie. So,
1: prepare to be offended. One way or the other. If you hated the movie, love the movie.
0: Doesn't matter. You're probably not going to like our review. Because nobody can ever agree on anything where these things are concerned. But I bet Mark and I are going to agree a lot. And maybe some of you will too. And if you have no idea what Dune is, where the fuck have you been for the last 40 years or however
1: long? When when was it written? It doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) Go read it. Go watch the movie. And then read some more. And then read some
0: other books. Uh, I think I'm sometime in November, I'll be doing the review of Ender's Game with Anthony Samaroff. Uh, also working on... So my buddy Phil and I are going to do Brave New World at some point whenever I uh, brush up enough on it that I feel comfortable with it. And probably the same for him. Uh, my buddy Matt Mueller and I are going to do Foundation. Which means that I've got to backtrack and go back and reread the first foundation because I'm on like the sixth one. Um, and
1: that, the, the first one was a long time ago. Uh, so if anybody wants to do, I'm
0: trying to think, Divergent, uh, Maze Runner, I wouldn't mind doing uh robert highland's starship troopers but i don't know if that one's if anybody would be particularly interested in that uh fahrenheit 451 and 1984 if you want to do a movie a, a book review hell a book and a movie review because most of those have movies associated with them uh hit me up let's do it otherwise hope everybody has a good rest of your week and a good weekend hopefully i didn't depress you too much with this episode maybe you got something out of it maybe you didn't i don't know. It was, Pretty long, especially by my standards, but whatever. I wanted to tell it. And maybe it was a good thing. Maybe not. Maybe skip this one and go to Monday. Hope everybody has a good one. And I will be back Monday with Mark Metz to talk about the new Dune. <music> we